0: Welcome to Real Men Cry Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Christian men who struggle with depression, anxiety, and suicide. My name is Desmond Dangerfield. This is actually our first episode. And on the first episode, I'm gonna talk about my dad. Um, To put a title to the topic, I love Jesus, but I think I hate my dad. Um, I would question why uh, I was given him out of all the men in this world i mean i know it it could have been worse but it's been some rough things that have happened to me um to go ahead and go into it (laughs) i got notes y'all um i have a deep feeling of hatred for my dad i have a deep feeling of revenge for my father he can be very manipulative um he tries to put on a persona that you know in front of everybody else uh he seems like this funny uncle but in when i stayed with him um, There was a lot of verbal abuse, physical abuse. I don't want to say that because I mean, as a man raising a son, I mean, it's going to get a little physical, which I don't mind. But the way he went about doing stuff, the way he lied about stuff, um, the verbal abuse was a big factor and the mental, the mental uh, abuse was really bad because now I actually suffer from it. And he doesn't want to acknowledge that, uh, but we want to get into all of that. So let's check the list. I got to keep this under uh, 10, 10 to 14 minutes, guys, so bear with me, so I'm going to condense everything. Um, it, it was things from verbal abuse, beating, uh, beating my stepmom in front of me, uh, manipulation, secrecy lies. Uh, the go and started out in the summer going into the eighth grade my mom was actually going to school she needed him to babysit me she dropped me off the next day for some reason he dropped me back off she got upset uh shout out to Deborah Dangerfield she sent me back over there not that she didn't want me but she really needed to study I know I knew that I, I, I knew that the thing of it the thing about it was when I went back over there, he asked me a couple of questions. Now, my dad uh, had been a type of person that, you know, I've seen him cheat in front of. I've seen him cheat on my stepmom in front of me, which was weird because in my mind, you know, he kept telling me that you can't trust not one woman. And he was also physically showing that. So, that day, my mom dropped me off. He was like, do you want to stay here? Now, me and my mom, we come from Oak Cliff in Dallas, Texas. Um, I would... Quote unquote, say, didn't have much, but you know, that's characterized by many different people. But we had what we needed, we just didn't have all the necessities that we necessarily wanted, so to say. Um, well, I wanted, so to say, like, um, like different things, you know. Um, so what happened was. He asked me did i want to stay there I, he said i have my own room i have my own game he started throwing all this beautiful stuff out to me and of course a person going into the a grade you would want that stuff so i started staying with him and he started telling me how my mom um used to hold him at gunpoint to have another child with him how my mom uh he thought my mom was lesbian at at, at certain times he started um that whole summer just taking my mind to a place that I've known my mom my whole life, that's funny, but I've never known her to be this type of person. And so as a a child, I'm believing my father. And even with the custody battle, he claimed that she was up there cutting up, acting a fool and truth of the matter was, you can actually go see the records, She wasn't doing nothing. He was the one actually showing out. Came home, told me a bunch of lies, talking about how my brother tried to beat him up and stuff like that. Started eighth grade. I'm noticing certain things going that even in school, like I'm coming back. And um, I know this is a Christian podcast, but I want all of the people that are on here to express their emotions fully. So if you hear a couple of cuss words pop out, you know, don't charge to our hearts or don't be a judgmental Christian. You can, yeah. So... Um, he started calling me, you know, fat motherfucker, you bastard child, you bitch, calling my mom a bitch, calling I mean, all of this stuff. Like, it's just horrible. It was bad. I mean, I mean in the eighth grade, I'm going to school and I'm this is my first time like talking to girls and things like that. And I'm noticing that if I don't talk to a girl, you a faggot, you gay, you this, you this, you that. Um, I mean, this man was just just flipping off at the mouth. But the summer before the eighth grade, the summer before the eighth grade, we were like the best of friends. And so I got to see the real manipulation of let me get you to be, excuse me, on my side, and then all of a sudden switch and turn on you. Going into the ninth grade, we left. We he left my stepmom. We moved into Duncanville. Uh, we moved into Duncanville, and I was going to Townview Magnet Center, and I was started. I started noticing that if I ate too much food, he would get upset. If I asked for money, he would get upset. If I needed a ride, he would get upset. He never wanted to authentically be a father and raise me, teach me things. I can honestly say the only thing my dad taught me was to, I think, like tailor some pants or something like that. Because uh, mentally, I had to set up things in my mind to make sure I can't trust him. I can't. I can't talk to him about stuff. I would talk to him about girls, and then in the next argument, you going over there screwing such and such and such, and I haven't even lost my virginity yet. Um, I would start. I started noticing that I had to be at band practice at seven o'clock in the morning, and I was a section leader. I, you know, he would make me late. He would he would say certain things, pop up at my school, flirt with my teachers. It was a problem. Um, that wasn't really an issue. My thing was, every time you got mad, you calling my mom names, you calling me names. I've been called a bastard child so many times. Uh, it got to a place where I actually uh, contemplated suicide. And I told my Aunt Robbie, I told her not to tell him, but for some reason she did. She told him, and we're driving home, and he says... You a stupid mf for if you think about committing suicide or killing yourself. That's dumb. Why would you be that dumb? And I'm just sitting in my mind like, who, who is this? I remember one time we was uh, in the living room and he got mad about something I clearly did not do. I think it was I didn't bring back a band itinerary for like the trip he was going on that he didn't even want to pay for. I mean, from band trips, I musically, I know how to play almost every instrument uh, was known all around Dallas. He loved the praise of me, but hated the, the the expense of me. And so now we get to a place where it's time to pay $450, time to pay $300. This man is getting paid almost $50,000 50, $55,000 a year and can't even pay his bills up to the next week without asking people for money and things like that. Real bad with his uh, spending habits, which that's, that's his own problem. But it got to a place where I got tired of asking him for stuff. I really did get tired, so I started stealing from them all. And I was at North Park Mall, the Parks Mall. This is all in Dallas and Arlington and uh, North Dallas and things like that. I started stealing from the mall. I would notice that the first job that I ever got, which was actually at his job, he would try to take the money and take my checks um, as well. Uh, If I refused, you black and for you, this, this, that, and the other. Just, I mean, totally degrading my whole mind. Just in my life, I never had nobody literally drive me to a point where I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe i ain't I ain't enough for people to love me i'm not enough for people to to value me and so what happened was i started uh i noticed i noticed that uh where i started having like a really addictive spirit um i started drinking like nyquil let me tell you how this worked he got off at five o'clock, didn't get home till six or seven. I get home at five thirty, I drink two to three cups of night cooler would knock me out, wake up at three o'clock in the morning, we go to school. Now, the the benefit of um Dart, which is, you know, like Metro, like Dallas Area Rapid Transit, the bus, the train. I started learning, like, there's a bus route bus route to my, my school, so the money, the little $10 or $20 he would give me, like, every three weeks, I would pay, like, a dollar a day pass just to get up in the morning and leave. When I would come home, I would leave and go running around. Like, I was losing a lot of weight because I was leaving his house so I wouldn't have to deal with his mouth. I would stay asleep for hours just so when he came in there, he wouldn't have to talk to me. Uh, when he did come up in there, I would hear him under his breath. You know, you stupid mf, you you bastard. Uh, if your mama, did, I'm talking about, it's like a demon walking around. Like I promise you, I've met Satan before. I have. And so, we get we get to eleventh grade. I'm starting, you know, girls, and I'm getting girlfriends and stuff like that. I had a girlfriend that stayed like two miles down the street. His manipulative lies would kick in to the point where he said, "You know, her, her, your girlfriend dad called me. Said he caught you in the room." I ain't never been in her room. Like, what did you gain from lying like that? Like, what does that do for you? Does that, does that, oh, I can't say that on this podcast, okay. What, what, what would you gain? And so I started seeing that he would lie for no reason at all. I'm talking about at all. I didn't care about him smoking weed. I didn't care about him doing a whole bunch of stuff. My main thing was, I can't wait till I get to college and I'm going to leave. I, my biggest my biggest dream in my life was to march in the Prairie View A and uh, M uh, Marching Storm Band. I have been playing tuba. I have been practicing. My thing was, I'm gonna get a scholarship there. I'm gonna go play for them. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna graduate. I'm gonna become a band director. And he comes into the room and saying, "No, you gonna go to SMU. You gonna go to UNT. I don't want you marching up. That's stupid. Why would you shatter the very dream that your son have? Your son has. So we fast forward. Let's see. I'm looking at time. So we fast forward to uh, my senior year. Um, I'm catching the bus everywhere. I'm still stealing clothes. I'm still, I finally got a job. And every time I get my check, I got to give him some money. It's weird. So I started buying my own food. So in my mind, if I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you money for food. I'm not asking you money for clothes. I'm not, I'm not asking you money for uh, anything. I am solely depending on myself. He didn't even know I had a cell phone in, 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 in uh, high school. Um, and with that, I'm starting, I, I started to notice that, uh, I developed this mentality. That if I don't care about anything, it can not affect me. So my, my friends, parents and stuff was dying. It didn't affect me. I was failing, failing classes. It didn't affect me. You calling my mama this and calling my mama that. It didn't affect me. Why? Because I just don't care. So I live. I lived a very, uh, careless life just in my grades and how I live. You could just see the depression all over me. And so what happened was, uh, to fast forward everything, after a whole bunch of verbal abuse, mental abuse, uh, manipulation, a bunch of lies, came home one day, he didn't open the door. He took my key the day before because of whatever lie. I remember this day because I was like selling chocolates at my high school, rode the bus home. Oh, and every time I would ask him for a ride, for the past, all throughout high school, it was always, Oh, I got to get up and take your head. Just complaining and complaining. I'm like, bro, like, do you just want me to just stay by myself? In my mind, I was like, man, if I quit high school and get a job, I might not have to be with him. And so he would do stuff like, you can go stay with your brother. You can go stay here. It's like, you wanted me so bad back in the summer going into the eighth grade, but what changed? Did you not like the responsibility or like, what was it? So now... What happened was uh 12th grade came home he didn't unlock the door i called my mom she says you know what you're just gonna come stay with me the next day he goes up to my school cutting up line i gotta go take him to go get some glasses and i'm over like bro you better go take me to the car and probably try to beat me up at that moment i had been beaten by him so many times punched in the chest slapped in the face um hit i'm talking about like hit y'all my dad is like six foot three at the time i think it was like 280 pounds he was a big, stocky dude, and I wasn't afraid of him because in my mind, I was like, the the, the only thing that you could do now is kill me, but if death is going to bring me a peace that's uh, away from you, then that's fine. So, came up to the school, cutting up, all of that, graduated high school. Now we get to college. Went to Prairie View. Um, didn't really talk to him, the majority of me being in college for the first two, three years, because he would, he would send these messages, you black. Uh, ML for you, I'm talking about just talking about me to the lowest degree. Talking about my mom, talking about my brother, talking about how it wasn't gonna be nothing. Everything. Meanwhile, he's losing his job and losing everything he has. I finally rekindled a relationship with him back in 2014 and 15. I started coming back around, and I noticed that anytime that I referred back to what happened in the past, he would try to run away from it. I started noticing certain things. So three years go by, and we're actually getting along. I'm going over to, hey, what's up, man? Uh, No, nothing much, man. I'm just over here chilling, doing all of this stuff. And I noticed that I'm having dreams, like dreams where I wake up hurting in the place where he hit me in the dream. I wake up mad. And so, what happened was, I started taking all my anger out on my friends, my relationships. I can be a man today and say, I've cheated in almost every relationship I'm in, except this one I'm in. Destiny uh, ain't cheated on you, baby. I've cheated in every relationship I was in. Now, they did something to trigger that, but I cheated. Why? Because I didn't trust women. Because I saw, like, I mean, I looked at his form of relationship and I guess that's how it is. And each woman that I was with, Kind of somewhat proved his theory, but in the most weird, in the most weirdest sense. And so, I got to the point where I got so depressed that in the summer of 2019, I started going through a mental depression that was like no other. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to kill myself. But if I could take a three to four month nap, that would be fine. I was having dreams about him. It was I was just a lot. Just it's, it's too much. And. I got to a point where it was so much uh, going on that I literally didn't care about life. I had graduated college. I had, I'm, I'm condensing all this stuff down guys, cause I ain't got that much time. I graduated college. I got into grad school. My business is going beautiful. And I'm talking to a man and I'm cool with my father, but in my, the other part of my head, There's a revenge inside of me that wants to kill you. There's a, no, not even kill you. I want you to be tortured in a way, not physically, but where you will remember everything that you did to me. And I started taking that revenge out on all my other relationships. So my friends would say certain things. I would go off on them. My mother would say certain things. I would go off on them. My teachers, my pastor, I hated, I I love to rebel. I hated authority. Why? Because in my mind, you can't tell me what to do because I've always had to do my own thing ever since I was young. And so now I'm starting to see the uh, how I'm being infected by him. So uh, to speed it up, what I tried to do was I tried to call him. I had wrote down a PDF file list of things that he did. And the funny part about it was at the end of the list, it said, I forgive you. Because I honestly did or I thought I did. I don't even know what forgiveness is at this point. Um... What happened was I tried to call him. No, I texted him on a Thursday. I said, hey, I'm having dreams about the things that you did to me when I was young. And he was like, okay, I'll give you a call. I said, no, I'm gonna gonna talk to you when I'm ready. I didn't call him back. I didn't call him until that Tuesday, the next Tuesday. And when I called him, The first thing that comes out of his mouth is before you start talking, you know, if you feel like, you know, Desmond, that I did whatever you did. I can't even get nothing out, y'all. He wouldn't even let me talk. If you feel that and you got stuff going on, I'm at a good place in my life right now. So I don't need your negativity and stuff affecting me. What? Are you serious? And he's. this is the thing that he says. He says, if what I did to you caused you that much trauma to where you having dreams and all that. Well, nigga, you crazy and you need psychiatric help with your stupid ass. And at that moment, I don't know what happened, but my anger, my rage, my revenge took me to a place that I did not want to kill this man. I had to go to Dallas that Saturday from that Tuesday. It took me to a place where it was like, if I go to Dallas and I go see that man, I'm, he like fifty five. So if I, if I, I can't say that on here. If I beat him up, quote unquote, he probably gonna have a heart attack and die, or the police gonna get called on me. I don't know what's gonna happen in that in that moment, but there is something inside of me that says you not you're not finna get away with what you said, what you did, because that whole conversation was him avoiding me expressing what happened. And so what what happened was uh, I told him that until we have this conversation, you are no longer in my life. I can't deal with that. Uh, Meanwhile, I was drinking like $10 bottles of Palmer Sun. We're not gonna even talk about the drinking problem. That's gonna be in the third episode, second episode. And so what happened was the next day, uh, he sent me a couple of text messages. You know, who are you to give me your ultimatum? You fool, I'm your daddy and all this stuff. And now, I got to see the real demon inside of me. Back then I couldn't do nothing to you. Now I can do whatever I want to you. And I left him a voicemail, uh, saying a couple of things uh that were very not hurtful, but very uh I ain't gonna lie, I threatened that man. Like, you know, get at me. Like we finna get active. But I had to go pray, because you know, Jesus don't like that. He don't like that at all. Um <laughs> I had to really pray and it was my friend's Cameron girlfriend Shamari that was pulling me out of a bad demonic place that said I'm not going to let you get away with this. And it's still kind of there and I'm I constantly stay in prayer. I blocked them and then I took them off for of being black and I blocked them again I took them off and you could you could like see that. Man, I have a real problem. My alcoholism spiked, my depression kicked back in. And I was fearful of going to Dallas not to see him, but I was fearful of me doing something to him that could jeopardize my life because at the end of the day, this man does not want to acknowledge what he did or say sorry or do anything to provide an aid for what I'm going through mentally. And so that's my story about my dad currently right now. Uh I think you saw the preview of the docuseries that I did and he gave me a phone call two nights ago talking about I'm worried about you give me a call. Now, the the person inside of me wanted to to threaten him and scare him and, and do all that stuff, but I'm I'm on day three of being sober. Um, I don't want to I don't want nothing to trigger me. And a lot of people don't think that's major. But if you really knew and understand understood how much I drink, Um, that's pretty major because your boy can run through some bottles and it's not to brag about it, but it's to say that I have a real problem of suppressing my emotions, suppressing, suppressing feelings that I'm supposed to face. Um, I love God. I love Jesus. I thank the Holy Spirit, but I have some things in me that, uh, that are very vengeful i have a lot of re- revenge inside of me that wants to come i know the scripture says revenge is mine that says lord i'll repay you i repay thee but in my mind have you ever wanted to have you ever felt like you just wanted to help god with that revenge like let me just do a little something like let me just let me just let me let me let me, let me torture him just a little bit just a little bit but i know deeply that you know that's not gonna work it's not um it's not gonna work it's not gonna do anything. It's gonna, go, it's gonna make me feel good probably that day. And then when I go in prayer, I'm gonna have to deal with that. So I'm at two places. How do I manage this revenge, anger? How do I release it? What is forgiveness? What is, what is all this stuff? How do I help myself? And then the other portion is, how do I make him feel like the lowest thing in the world just like he made me feel? And it's leaking into all my relationships Luckily it hasn't really touched my um uh, my my relationship with my girlfriend, but it's leaking leaking into other family members, it's leaking into, you know, uh my spiritual connections with my pastors. I don't even think they know that I hate authority. Um and this man really messed me up in my life. But every day I I wake up, I pray, I choose to not let it affect me. Some days it does, some days it does. Some days I wanna go and text him some days i want to pull up to dallas and you know knock his jaw in but i have to choose every day of one thing my friend cameron said at the end of the day they're going to sleep at night you're the only one bothered and you have to find a way to get through that and i i I take that um at one point in time i was googling mental institutions um psych wards because i you know i really think i don't know not currently a little bit but i really thought like it was something going wrong in my mind and um that's kind of why i made uh this this uh blog this organization renaissance of the christian man because there are a lot of men out here that are in in a place that's conflicting with being this this man god called you to be because in one hand i want to torture you to a place where i won't be satisfied until you cry until I see those tears come out of your 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 eyes, and until I see you moan of hurt, I won't be satisfied because that's gonna make me feel so good. But I'm a Christian. I don't want that for you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to live the life God called God gave you and all that good old jazz. But I'm at two different standstill,s and um, God is doing a new work on me. So y'all pray for me. But that concludes our first episode of uh what's the name of it is <laughs> that concludes our first episode uh i'm sorry y'all i'm in a bad place mentally thinking about all that stuff that concludes our episode of first episode of real men cry uh so yeah thank you